0: What's going on guys, I'm Duke LaMastro and you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast. In this week's episode, we are talking about something that I believe to be so foundational to developing a kingdom culture and a kingdom mindedness. Stay tuned, episode 11 starts right now. Alright everybody, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. This is episode 11. I can't believe that we're in double digits already, but thank you to everybody who has been part of this, whether you've been here listening every single week from the very beginning, or if this is the first time that you're tuning in, it really means a lot to me that you're here. I love to hear from you guys. I don't always know. I can't really tell who's listening where and all that kind of stuff. Just this past week, I heard from some people that are in other countries, and I didn't realize that this was even reaching that far. But I really do appreciate hearing from you guys, so thank you for being there, thank you for listening, and as always, I hope that this is adding value to your life. Now, today, this week, I want to talk to you guys about honor, and I know that maybe upon first hearing the word honor, that doesn't necessarily sound like something that goes hand-in-hand with the power of God. You know, I know we talk a lot about faith, and we talk you know, a lot about the outworking of the power of God in our lives. This is the Simple Power Podcast, after all, but... I want to talk to you guys about honor because this is something that is so foundational, I believe, to being effective in the way that we have influence in the world around us. Honor. And I want to basically, there's so many different scriptures I could go to. I want to just kind of point two scriptures out to you this week that I think are going to help me get this point across. We've got Romans 12, verse 10, and it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another, With brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. And then Philippians 2, verse 3 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, that Philippians passage doesn't mention the word honor, but the concept is definitely there. So, first of all, in the Romans passage, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference in honor, giving preference. When he says giving preference, he's actually defining what he means by honor. In honor, giving preference to one another. And if you look at that word preference in the Romans 12 passage, it actually very closely relates to the word esteem used in the Philippians 2, 3 passage. When he says, let each esteem others better than himself. Another way to say that is to consider others better than yourself. Now, it doesn't say something like in honor giving preference to those that you think deserve it or giving preference to those that you think could return the favor someday or giving preference or esteeming those that have something that they can offer you in return or esteeming those that you like esteeming those or valuing those or honoring people around you that you know you think somehow it's going to add value to your life listen It doesn't say that, it just says to one another. Esteem others better than yourself. Give preference to one another. In other words, honor is not about getting something in return. Now, the biblical word honor, it deals with value. And here's the deal. Honor always treats people based on who they are. Not on the basis of the way they're acting right now. Not on the basis of their flaws. Not on the basis of their failures. Not on the basis of what they look like on the outside. Not on the basis of things that have been done to them. Not on the basis of their socioeconomic status or how many friends they have or what kind of family they're from or anything like that. And I think that if we're honest... That we will actually, that we can actually be more driven to showing honor to people or showing respect to people that, number one, that we like. We tend to like people that are like us, that are similar to us, that have similar interests and act the same way or talk the same way or look the same way or dress the same way or that like the same sports teams or whatever. You know, we tend to like people that are similar to the way that we are in one way shape or form and we have a tendency i think if we're honest to show honor to people like that that we like i think we also have a tendency to show more honor and more respect to people that we think deserve it or to people that we think can actually give us something in return but here's the deal honor doesn't treat people on the basis of what it looks like right now honor looks beyond that and it treats people based on who they are it treats people based on the fact that every single person that you encounter whether it's somebody that just drives you crazy somebody that you can't stand somebody that rubs you the wrong way somebody that has a lot of issues in their life or has made some bad decisions or whatever honor looks at that person and says you know what they still belong to god In Matthew 25, Jesus was all like, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. And they were like, how did we do that? You know, I don't remember ever giving you something to eat when you were hungry or giving you a drink when you were thirsty. And he's like, no, in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you did it to me. Look, this is kingdom living, this is kingdom mindedness, this is kingdom culture. When we look at those around us and we recognize that we're not just here for no reason, but that if there are people in your life that they're actually there for a reason, that you're actually in the school you're in for a reason, or in the job you're in for a reason, or the church you're in, or the Sunday school group, or the neighborhood, or the family, or whatever, that you're actually there for a reason, with purpose, and that God has surrounded you with people that he wants you to have influence over, that he wants you to inspire, that he wants you to reach into their lives and see them for who they are and pull the gold that is within them and bring it outside of them so that they can actually walk into the fullness of the destiny of the calling of God, like you actually, and I actually, we get to be a part of that in the lives of people. But if all that we do is look around and we see people's appearance and we automatically put up a red flag, one of the things that I just absolutely detest, I can't stand this. So if you ever see me and you have an opportunity to do this, just don't because you're probably going to get some comments from me. Okay. But I I just absolutely hate going into a new situation like, you know, it's happened to me before going into a new job or going into a new church where I've never been before or something like that. And somebody will kind of like pull me aside and be like, oh, hey, you want to watch out for so and so or you want to watch out for this group of people or you want to watch out. And, And immediately in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 just stop. Just shut up. I don't need you to, to fill my head with stuff that's going to cause me to automatically put somebody else at a disadvantage before I even get to meet them. Because then what happens? Then I've already got this thing in my mind that says, oh, well, this person might not be as deserving as someone else. And it can affect the way that I minister to that person. And it makes me think how often, how many times... Do I prematurely judge somebody and automatically set that person at a disadvantage? Listen, this is actually serious because if I allowed that thought to like take root in my mind, then maybe it limits my ability to minister effectively. Maybe it limits my ability to show the love of Jesus effectively. And I just think that God is so intent on you growing and becoming the absolute best person that you could possibly be that he will actually set you up sometimes he will actually position people in your life that rub you the wrong way that are offensive to you in the flesh And if we could actually just begin to know people according to the spirit that that these are people that the the person around you that you just can't stand, that rubs you the wrong way, that is, you know, always sending you dumb text messages or that's always trying to invite themselves to your house or whatever. Like the person that you just can't stand, maybe take a step back and say, okay, God, why is this person in my life and what can I do to actually be a blessing to this person and actually pull out Something good that is within this person. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about him. And man, Jesus was so good at this. Jesus was so good at this. I think that sometimes people are under this impression that Jesus only attracted poor people. I hear that kind of stuff all the time. The poor people were attracted to Jesus Yeah, because they knew that he wasn't going to look down on them and condemn them like the religious leaders did. Like they knew that when they went to Jesus, it wasn't like when they went to the other religious leaders and they felt completely inferior because they could never measure up to these people that were so uh, amazing and holy and perfect. Jesus didn't put that kind of stuff on people. But look. Jesus attracted not only the poor people, but he attracted wealthy people as well. He attracted governmental people. He attracted all kinds of people from all all different walks of life. Like, the, the people that were the most turned away from him were the religious people because they just didn't want to change. But we even see several times where religious leaders came to Jesus and they would usually come alone because they were probably ashamed. Like they didn't want their contemporaries to see that they were going to Jesus, but they still saw something in him that was authentic, that was real, and they wanted it. But even though Jesus was so good and he was so holy and he was so perfect, he never gave people, whether they were rich or poor or whatever, he never gave them the impression when they were in his presence that they were less than. And what if we could learn to live our lives this way? That that, like the way that people encountered Jesus and actually had permission to become who they were created to be. Like Jesus encounters, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in John chapter 8. This woman who the Bible says was caught in the in the act of adultery. And they're getting ready to stone her in the street. And Jesus just kind of steps in between the mob who's ready to stone this woman. This mob of religious leaders who's about to stone this woman who's who's been broken. And she's been hurt. And she's been caught. And she's been embarrassed. And she's in this place where she's about to lose her life. And Jesus just steps into that situation. And shows her the authentic nature of who the father is. You've got this guy Zacchaeus who was a man just based on his profession. the His fellow, you know, his, his Jewish brethren, they didn't like him. They thought he was a sleazy guy. They, he wasn't respected. And he was, a, the Bible gives us indication that he was like a crook. He was a swindler. He would cheat people out of their money and get more from them than what he needed to, you know, take more from them than what he needed to take. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus one day up in a tree because he was short and he climbed up in this tree so that he could see over the crowd just so that he could see Jesus coming. And Jesus calls him by name and he says, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm going to eat in your house today. And Jesus was ridiculed for stuff like that. He was ridiculed for spending time in the presence of people that society said and the religious people said they're not worth it. They're not worthy. They're not good enough. They don't deserve my time. They don't deserve my energy. They don't deserve my effort. But Jesus honored this man enough to spend time with him, to get down to his level, not to treat him like a project, but to show honor to him. Like, listen, nobody wants to be treated like a project. Nobody wants to be treated like they're less than. Nobody wants to feel that way. And when when you recognize that there are people all around you, no matter what they're, Quote unquote status symbol is or wherever they are in life and you just make it a point to authentically display the nature of the father to them you can literally change somebody's life that's ministry you know we can pray for all the sick people in the world and we can prophesy to all the sick people in the world but i think that this issue of honoring people is so foundational to who we are as the people of God. That if you can look at somebody and you can see them, not just based on what they've done wrong and not on the basis of where they are in their life right now, but based on the fact that this is a son or daughter of God, this is one that's been created in the image of God, and maybe they're not even saved or whatever. All that means is they still belong to God. They just haven't found their way home yet. And we need to stop being so offended by people's mistakes and people's failures and the way that people, you know, maybe act on the outside. A lot of times people act a certain way on the outside and it's a cover up for something that's really going on on the inside, a hurt or a wound or something that's really going on on the inside. And when we can actually take the time to display the love of Jesus, that when somebody else is hungry. We give them food when someone else is thirsty, when someone else is naked, when somebody else doesn't have shelter, when somebody else doesn't feel wanted, when somebody else feels undervalued, when somebody else feels lonely, when when somebody else is hurting or broken or whatever, that we can actually embrace them. And Jesus says, hey, in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. All right, everybody. Again, I know that that was a little bit different than the way that I normally talk on this channel, but I really hope that the message of what I was getting at for this week came across to you. Have a great week, guys. We'll be back, as always, next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. In case you're not aware yet, my new book, Simple Power, is available on uh, the Amazon store. If you have any questions, either about uh, this week's episode or anything else, find me on Facebook, Uh, send me an email at dukelamastra at gmail.com or whatever you're comfortable with. I'd love to hear from you. You guys have an awesome week. I look forward to seeing you next time.